0: Part 3. Chapter 3. Introduction to the Devout Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Feltis. Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Part 3. Chapter 3. On Patience. Ye have need of patience that, after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise, says St. Paul. And the Saviour said, In your patience possess ye your souls. The greatest happiness of any one is to possess his soul, and the more perfect our patience, the more fully we do possess our souls. Call often to mind that our Saviour redeemed us by bearing and suffering and in like manner we must seek our own salvation amid sufferings and afflictions bearing insults contradictions and troubles with all the gentleness we can possibly command do not limit your patience to this or that kind of trial but extend it universally to whatever god may send or allow to befall you some people will only bear patiently with trials which carry their own salve of dignity such as being wounded in battle, becoming a prisoner of war, being ill-used for the sake of their religion, being impoverished by some strife out of which they came triumphant. Now these persons do not love tribulation, but only the honor which attends it. A really patient servant of God is as ready to bear inglorious troubles as those which are honorable. A brave man can easily bear with contempt, slander, and false accusation from an evil world, but to bear such injustice at the hands of good men, of friends, and relations, is a great test of patience. I have a greater respect for the gentleness with which the great S. Charles Borromeo long endured the public reproaches which a celebrated preacher of a reformed order used to pour out upon him than for all the other attacks he bore with. For just as the sting of a bee hurts far more than that of a fly, so the injuries or contradictions we endure from good people are much harder to bear than any others. But it is a thing which very often happens, and sometimes two worthy men, who are both highly well-intentioned after their own fashion, annoy and even persecute one another grievously. Be patient, not only with respect to the main trials which beset you, but also under the accidental and accessory annoyances which arise out of them. We often find people who imagine themselves ready to accept a trial in itself, who are impatient of its consequences. We hear one man say, I should not mind poverty, were it not that I am unable to bring up my children and receive my friends as handsomely as I desire. And another says, I should not mind were it not that the world will suppose it is my own fault, while another would patiently bear to be the subject of slander, provided nobody believed it. Others again accept one side of a trouble but fret against the rest, as, for instance, believing themselves to be patient under sickness, only fretting against their inability to obtain the best advice, or at the inconvenience they are to their friends. But, dear child, be sure that we must patiently accept, not sickness only, but such sickness as God chooses to send, in the place, among the people, and subject to the circumstances which he ordains. And so with all other troubles, if any trouble comes upon you, use the remedies with which God supplies you. Not to do this is to tempt him, but having done so, wait whatever result he wills with perfect resignation. If he pleases to let the evil be remedied, thank him humbly. But if it be his will that the evil grow greater than the remedies, patiently bless his holy name. Follow St. Gregory's Advice. When you are justly blamed for some fault you have committed, humble yourself deeply and confess that you deserve the blame. If the accusation be false, defend yourself quietly, denying the fact. This is but due respect for truth and your neighbor's edification. But if, after you have made your true and legitimate defense, you are still accused, do not be troubled, and do not try to press your defense you have had due respect for truth, have the same now for humility. By acting thus, you will not infringe either a due care for your good name or the affection you are bound to entertain for peace, humility, and gentleness of heart. Complain as little as possible of your wrongs, for as a general rule you may be sure that complaining is sin but rather that self-love always magnifies our injuries. Above all, do not complain to people who are easily angered and excited. If it is needful to complain to someone, either as seeking a remedy for your injury or in order to soothe your mind, let it be to some calm, gentle spirit greatly filled with the love of God. For otherwise, instead of relieving your heart, your confidants will only provoke it to still greater disturbance instead of taking out the thorn which pricks you they will drive it further into your foot some people when they are ill or in trouble or injured by any one restrain their complaints because they think and that rightly that to murmur betokens great weakness or a narrow mind but nevertheless, they exceedingly desire and maneuver to make others pity them, desiring to be considered as suffering with patience and courage. Now, this is a kind of patience, certainly, but it is a spurious patience, which in reality is neither more nor less than a very refined, very subtle form of ambition and vanity. To them we may apply the Apostle's words He hath whereof to glory but not before God. A really patient man neither complains nor seeks to be pitied. He will speak simply and truly of his trouble, without exaggerating its weight or bemoaning himself. If others pity him, he will accept their compassion patiently, unless they pity him for some ill he is not enduring in which case he will say so with meekness and abide in patience and truthfulness combating his grief and not complaining of it as to the trials which you will encounter in devotion and they are certain to arise bear in mind our dear lord's words a woman when she is in travail hath sorrow because her hour is come but as soon as she is delivered of the child she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a child is born into the world. You too have conceived in your soul the most gracious of children, even Jesus Christ, and before he can be brought forth, you must inevitably travail with pain. But be of good cheer, for when these pangs are over, you will possess an abiding joy, having brought such a man into the world. And he will be really born for you, when He is perfected in your heart by love and in your actions by imitating His life. When you are sick, offer all your pains and weaknesses to our dear Lord and ask Him to unite them to the sufferings which He bore for you. Obey your physician and take all medicines, remedies, and nourishment for the love of God, remembering the vinegar and gall He tasted for love of us. Desire your recovery that you may serve him. Do not shrink from languor and weakness out of obedience to him, and be ready to die, if he wills it, to his glory, and that you may enter into his presence. Bear in mind that the bee, while making its honey, lives upon a bitter food, and in like manner we can never make acts of gentleness and patience or gather the honey of the truest virtues, better than while eating the bread of bitterness and enduring hardness and just as the best honey is that made from thyme a small and bitter herb so that virtue which is practised amid bitterness and lowly sorrow is the best of all virtues gaze often upon jesus christ crucified naked blasphemed falsely accused forsaken overwhelmed with every possible grief and sorrow and remember that none of your sufferings can ever be compared to his either in kind or degree and that you can never suffer anything for him worthy to be weighed against what he has borne for you consider the pains which martyrs have endured and think how even now many people are bearing afflictions beyond all measure Greater than yours, and say, Of a truth, my trouble is comfort, my torments are but roses as compared to those whose life is a continual death, without solace, or aid, or consolation, borne down with a weight of grief tenfold greater than mine. End of part three, chapter three, recording by Lisa Feltis.